Hi, it's Darcy the Mail Girl. When I'm not trying to convince Joe Bob to play Halloween 3, I'm listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Out of your consciousness, like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that is still holding out hope for an eventual Squidly Diddly and Jabber Jaw team up. <laughs> hey, look at this! What's over there? Woo! My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're closing out this year's Shark Timber uh, by heading to sci fi country <laughs> as we break down the craziness. That is 2010's Sharktopus. <laughs> and whether you've played God by manipulating genes or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your just when you thought it was safe to go looking for squiddly diddly hole. Is it ever it's safe never safe to go looking for squiggly yeah that just seems like a rabbit hole you don't want to go down you you or maybe possibly or maybe this is true this such, is true such sites well such sites can be found out on social media genius mm-hmm. uh, and you can find us out on twitter at nightmare junk and on facebook at nightmare junkhead and it is on that book of face where we have an events tab which leads to shenanigans and sci-fi shenanigans and as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, September 22nd, mm-hmm. uh, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will have your sci fi shenanigans taken care of indoors, outdoors, and maybe even virtually. Mm-hmm. Better yet, go to the Friday Night Fright tab. And the Friday this episode releases, genius. Mm-hmm. There are certain films that I think for a large number of people, they like to watch at a certain time of year. Uh-huh. Uh, in some cases, it's uh, it indicates a change of the seasons. And honestly, for the last few years, you know fall is upon us when the vich comes ah, back. We're going to live deliciously. <laughs> a movie that we featured as a main feed episode. Mm-hmm. A movie that's actually played as a Friday Night Fright before. And it's still divisive film. I To this day. Yeah. To this day. And I even remember back when we watched it, I remember reading initial reviews where people were talking about the audience laughing throughout the film. Right. There's nothing funny about this. There's nothing funny about it. There's nothing funny. It starts off Stephen King approved. Not even darkly humorous. No. Like, I, I, I... And I can understand if you don't like it. It is a very much a slow burn <laughs> film. But now, I, honestly, might, I might laugh at a couple of parts, but that's because I'm a monster, but it's not because it's funny. It's because it might be shocking. And Robert Eggers has actually gone on now to make some other divisive films. Oh, exactly. <laughs> between The Lighthouse and The Northman. Mm-hmm. But it all starts with The Witch. Now, that being said, looking forward to, to next Friday Night's Fright, and one I'm actually excited for because I, I missed out on it when it came out in the theater in 2004. But if you play your cards right, you can actually see Saw X Ooh. lead into uh, our Friday Night Fright of the OG Saw. Yes. 
I remember seeing Saw, but I didn't get to see it in the theater. Oh, cool. I saw so. it on a rental, and I was like, oh, I heard it. I've heard a lot about it. Let's see it. And I'm like, ooh, this movie's good. So I've been a fan. I'm looking forward to this. And you are a fan of the franchise? I do like the franchise a lot, actually. You were one of those. Now, when did you start actually seeing it theatrically, then? Uh, the franchise Part itself. two, actually. Was it two? Yeah. So when Darren Bowsman came mm, in? Well, because as soon as I because it came to video, mm-hmm. and I was working at Blockbuster, and I was like, well, okay, let me check it out. And I'm like, who Saw 2 is coming out? Let's go see in the theater. Saw 3 is coming out? If it's Halloween, it must be Saw. Right? And so I'm like, all right, cool. So... I've been down since day one, since the, the no, not day one, since the video release. So this will actually then, be a way of kind mm-hmm. of the circle will be complete. Exactly. Oh, that's exciting. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to cut something off. You know, it's time to give your pound of flesh. Well, I got plenty. I can pay enough for everybody in the you, theater. You've been building up since 2004. <laughs> it's cool. We got we got goods for everyone. <laughs> no, but uh, we hope to see you out for that. Now, the uh, other repertory screenings. Uh, that are happening on the weekend of the 22nd. And it's it's a bummer when these things are planned out in advance. Mm-hmm. But then, unfortunately, they turn into like memorial screenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is your chance to see William Friedkin's Sorcerer on the big screen. Have you seen that one? No, but I heard I need to. I only watched it for the first time a few years ago at Screenland in Theater One. And it was really... Right when they really, right when they opened things up again. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure I was by myself in that screening. But even with my mask on, I was muttering under my breath because of the anxiety from the famous bridge scene. Mm-hmm. But even building up to that, everything from the four disparate characters coming together, you've got a 1977 Roy Scheider. It's really good and worth your time. And it should be noted, yeah, that William Friedkin, you know, passing. Uh, there's going to be a number of exorcist screenings, I think, happening in October. Well, not only that, I mean, because and then exorcist, the new one, the beginning. But no, mm-hmm. this is your chance to come and see a, a I think one, a, an entry of his filmography that is largely underseen and really underrated because it was buried by Star Wars that year. No one wanted to see well, a bunch of scum, four scumbags trying to get a you know <laughs> truck across a br- rickety bridge versus space oh, opera. Come over here. Yeah, right. I've got hey. s- <laughs> the bone bands over here. Wait, wait till I get some CGI. So I, I I do challenge you to see it because I'm going to check it. It's playing two times. I am going to be seeing one of them. So I'm I'm going to try to get you out for that one. Okay. Now the other one that is playing that weekend is, and I've seen that for me. Uh, and it's a, a, a filmmaker that not necessarily is divisive, uh, but with Sofia Coppola, uh, regardless from Virgin Suicides to any of her current work, uh, this is one with um, Kirsten Dunst mm-hmm. and Ask You Genius, Cake or Death? Right. Let them eat cake. I'm Mar- always down for cake. I mean, in fairness, <laughs> you know, let them eat cake. All right, cool. And Marie, I've never seen Marie Antoinette. Neither have I. But given the pedigree of people involved i might make it out for this one i also heard that's a very divisive film is it yeah it's a divisive in that that genre world that's as fair. opposed to horror in so. that case i might need to check it out yeah so you can too now if staying indoors isn't your thing well on saturday the 23rd the latest outdoor film is one i actually saw indoors for the first time uh i was living in lawrence so i saw this at liberty hall and it's something we've been talking. I, I don't know how and why it keeps coming up, 
But if you haven't seen Napoleon Dynamite, this is your opportunity. Napoleon Dynamite is great. Like it is, it just makes me giggle every time I see it. Now I'll go but on. Also, record. another that is divisive, though. Exactly, a lot of people can't stand yeah. that movie, and I think also like it didn't help that as soon as it came out and it became that indie darling, it became overquoted and overplayed. And Do you think it's not necessarily the movie, but kind of the fan base mm-hmm. of the movie? Yeah, I think so. But I think now that enough time has passed, people can look past that because not everybody's going God every day, you know. It was a little insufferable a for a while, like, oh, right? Uh, and least, now you know you can actually eat tater tots mm-hmm. and not have to fear of. Well, I'll still say give me some tots, but I'm not doing a Napoleon Dynamite. I'm just saying, hey man, give me some tots. Well, I think at the point when you get ridiculed in one of those disaster esque films, those t- not another films mm-hmm. that came were of the time, then you know you've been reached the top, but also. It's on your way of, down. Yeah. It's kind of a bummer. At the same time, you know, I, I think just that's for that movie because I'll go to bat for Napoleon, uh, for Napoleon Dynamite and Nacho Libre. We'll get to the Nacho Libre connection here. <laughs> so, Someday we'll find it. The Nacho Libre connection. Satan's caveman, El Scaletto, and me. Goddamn Satan's caveman. So frightening. I don't like to even... <laughs> Even when we had are our they, little, are they, mutter, they shall not be named. Yeah, All amongst right. many things that we've discovered in Shark Timber. All right, they shall. So, <laughs> indoors or outdoors, uh, come on out and join the Screenland Film Family. Uh, but genius, if we're talking film family, a bellies. We have our own film family hanging over with us at Patreon, and regardless your tier. Uh, the Friday you're listening to this, the latest uh, I've uh, movie on the I've seen that feed. I've been watching shark exploitation esque films all Friday month long, mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is a movie that I will always say, especially one that kind of exceeds any kind of expectations I have. I will say this is the kind of movie that is built for the I've seen that challenge and the I've seen that feed, because going in. Uh, especially watching the shark exploitation documentary that we kicked Shark Timber off yeah. off the bat, they talked certain kind of notorious shark films, and especially another time, another place in the 1970s. Ooh, yeah, and I've been waiting in those waters throughout this month, but Mako Jaws of Death. Imagine if I were to to tell you like the um, the nerd knowledge trailers, mm-hmm. it would be. First Blood, The okay. Shining, and Jaws. Wait, what? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you had Rambo, Shinnin' with Sharks. Really? You would get Mako Jaws of Death. It oh. is next level nuts, but unfortunately, because it came out in the 1970s, there's a moment about an hour and four minutes in, because I time-stamped it, where I'm pretty sure you see an actual shark death on camera. Ooh. And they talked about that, and we talked about yeah. that w- during that that episode about and bringing to light the majesty of these animals and these creatures, yeah, but also the danger they were initially put into. Which, let's face it, as bad as CG is, as much it's better than putting these a shark in, in, in danger. danger. Yeah, they're innocent animal, you know. But also included in this movie. <laughs> is a mainstay of 1970s uh, Animals Gone Amuck films, is Richard Jekyll. He's a guy in Day of the Animal, <laughs> and he's also in Grizzly. So so he's had his... So he's ran the gambit. Oh, 
every yeah land, sea, and air. Yes, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's all over the place. It's great. It's great. Yeah. So it's been a blast so far. Uh, so to have access to that and so much more, uh, become a member of our film family by going to patreon.com slash nightmare junkhead. A lot of good stuff here in September, including mm-hmm. our thoughts on Meg to the Trench. The Megalodon. And actually, let's see, they're 20. I believe next week we will have our commentary coming out, mm-hmm. which let's just say it's just near perfection. That was that was a great commentary. It's I had be so fun. much fun with that. It's gonna one. be fun. It's gonna be fun. So All the way to the ass end. <laughs> but Quite honestly, what has been fun oh, is... Oh, don't forget, Kansas City Horror Club. Oh, uh, my good, Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. September 30th. That's in two weeks. No, a week away. Yeah. Uh, I, we're showing, speaking of our commentary... It's appropriate. We did that for, for a number of reasons. Exactly. Speaking of our commentary, come on down. Kansas City Horror Club, September 30th, Saturday, where we are showing two bake, Kevin Bacon movies, our double bacon with cheese, double feature. First up, we have the near-perfect film, Tremors, where you can't get any penetration, even with the elephant gun. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'll be doing the Jason <sighs> with the original OG Friday the 13th Part 1. Two Kevin Bacon movies, all this and more, plus 40 vendors. Yes. All beforehand, all local making spooky crafts, spooky wares. It's going to be fucking rad. $10 a car load. Clown car that shit up. <laughs> Clown car that shit up. We got a new T-shirt this year. It's going to be slick. And so, yeah, I'm looking for, I'm it's, really looking forward to it's it. It's the best way to kick off the spooky season. It's mm-hmm. become very much um, something of a yearly, it's a routine now. Mm-hmm. It is just, it's tradition. Yeah. It is lore. It's been going on for a while and it gets bigger every year. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's great. No, and that does indeed kick off Shocktober. And at this case, since uh, uh, we, um, we're we looking into Shocktober, that does mean... Two more weeks till Nerdoween, Nerdoween, Nerdoween. Two more weeks till Nerdoween, Scheidenfreude. Yeah, that is good. Wait. Yeah, that is good, kids. Yeah, that is good, kinder. Come on down. V Gates and welcome. All Frauz and Frauleins and welcome to Nerdoween 9. We will show all sorts of goodies where we are smashing the third Reich all night long. That's right, kinders. It's time. That's right, kinders. Nerdoween 9. Nerdoween 9. It's chilling. You're Tommy Lee Wallace with a bad German accent. <laughs> Good Lord Almighty. I should be a villain. That's I have ways of making you talk. Yes. <laughs> we know nothing, and we cannot reveal the lineup of this year's Nerdoween. However, going in, one's going to be a first-time viewing for me, uh-huh. which I'm really excited I'm for. I'm really looking forward to you to look at that one, because that one is great, and it's got a great Simpsons reference and a deal-breaker. Now, that's shocking. Mm-hmm. I, I cannot wait to have that kind of a moment in the theater. But mm-hmm. the other two we have vetted and I think are going to be best experienced with a crowd. Oh, I'm 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 really looking forward to this one because I think this lineup is going to be very good. And the way we have it ebb and flow. Oh, yeah. There's a I roller coaster ride. Yeah, I think it's going to be really good. Now, uh, to get uh, tickets to that, go to screenland.com uh, all month in Shocktober. All of our Friday Night Frights have been announced. Mm-hmm. They all look phenomenal. And Oh, I'm so excited for the first one. Well, And it should be noted, I know there's at least four films that I'm going to be seeing for the first time. Yeah. The others, Horrors of Dracula, 
Horse Dracula? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one. I want to see that one. The, the Christopher Lee. And of, of course, course, of course, now that I have a little bit more knowledge of the Christopher Lee, I'd like to see more of his filmography. And of course, we'll get into all of that in next week's episode with mm-hmm. our uh, annual Shocktober preview. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm very much looking forward because the drive-in is that first just glimpse. It's fucking fun. The gloriousness. Exactly. It's like... Yeah. Like the gates are open. Like if you want to view paradise, all the leaves are turning and shit. Well, I hope the weather sticks around because this has been nice. But you, you, you speak of like traditions and so forth. This is now our third year. Yes, with Shark Timber, our third wade in the water, which veers, as we mentioned, from Shark Timber to shitty Shark Timber. Shitty, shitty. Shitty, shark timber, shitty, shitty, shitty. And you... Piece of shit. (laughs) As I've found this month, you do have to wade those waters very carefully. In fact, I think if I wade into the shitty shark timber side of things, I need a buddy with me. Mm -hmm. I need... You don't want to go swimming alone. I need an experienced swimmer, genius. Yeah, you need an experienced diver going into the depths of the shit. And the journey we've gone so far... This month, I really think as compared to the last two years, number one, we were able to include a documentary, mm-hmm. which I really think set sail a lot of the stuff that we ended up talking about. But even going to the, the waters of Italy with um, Great White, mm-hmm. a.k.a. The Last Shark. From now on, I, if a shark comes up and blows up something, I want to see it blow up something. Kaboom. Mm-hmm. That was as, great. As we then learned in last week's episode, going from the waters of Italy to actually big budget mm-hmm. with 1999's Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Motherfucking sharks. <laughs> and it should be noted, you know, in Great White, we went from all practical shark mm-hmm. to, of course, the stock footage to Deep Blue Sea, which is a combination of practical and CG. Uh-huh. And quite honestly, based on my baggage I brought in to this film because this was a first time viewing for me i assumed it would be all cg pleasantly surprised to see a little bit of practical a little bit of practical as well a dash a sprinkling and off and especially off camera if they can maneuver <sighs> puppet hands they'll yeah and it should be for anyone that is their first time wading into these waters with us as we always mention we try to be a podcast of positivity mm-hmm. and that is to be said we use the term or i should say you introduced to me the term. Shitty shark movies are just made, it's a phrase out of love. Mm-hmm. Because if you're like, oh, that's a shitty shark movie, but it's great. You know, just because something is low budget doesn't mean it's low quality. Something that's low quality doesn't mean it's low intent. You know, and even even if the intent is cash grab, as sure. long as it entertains. So as long as, as long as the shitty shark movie can veer the waters tepidly and mm-hmm. tepidatiously, then it should be fine. You know, what? it's when you veer off too much into cash grab with no love and no heart. That's when you get really bad. That's when you get into the intent was there, but nowhere near the quality that you would even like. And like, it's not as entertaining as people would think. And that's what bit me earlier this month. And I have been very cautious to mm-hmm. go into these waters because I shall not name it. Because it bit so bad. Right. And I realized when I wade into the shitty shark timber, the shitty shark movie, I just can't dive in without a little bit of research on those. And that's to say, last year, Ghost Shark. Yeah. Killed. Ghost Shark is probably the cream of the crop, honestly. Oh, for no, the do shitty we? Shark so, one. 
We're so going a little bit lower. We started off with the kings of the shark movies. We started. We off really with did. We Jaws. Did. Yeah. You know where to go, but down from Jaws. That's true. So now there's, to me, a lot. There's there's still a lot of places to go, but when it comes to sci-fi original shitty super shitty shark movies, <laughs> go shark is mwah, right. However, there's other ones that are just as good, and then there's some ones that are just, just that next level. And I think there's someone that ride its notoriety. Like this one, because this one came out in the heyday of shark plus something or animal plus yes. something. And I'm glad that you're tra- you're you're wading into these waters, but you're also not going alone. And, and I'm, I'm talking about me. You have also some pre-existing baggage because one, it's a sci fi movie mm-hmm. and it's a, so it's going to be PG-13 mm-hmm. is about as much as they can get away with it. On 2010 sci-fi. Sure. Because 2010 sci-fi is way different than 2020, 2021, right? <laughs> way different. So 2010 sci-fi, and then you also know it's a Roger Corman production. And when you find the Corman connection in this mm-hmm. case. <laughs> the creeps. I'm, the weirdos. Me. But no Dick Miller. Right. And I'm going to double check here. Because when did Dick Miller pass? That's just it. I am but it's not a Dante film, though. I 20, mean, it'd be... 2019, but it is. But he had the Corman connection. That's he true. was truly the, the the DNA, that character actor, that guy, that guy, Dick Miller. Yep. So I'm a, that, I was wanting to see some Dick Miller. I yeah. was waiting for like some Sid Haig to come up or something. He's <laughs> Well, and to at least establish that wink. However, but we did get Eric Roberts. Well, and we also got Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. And that don't call me Gilligan cameo. <laughs> like seriously. <I'm> she captain. <laughs> but no, okay. <clears throat> I didn't realize the great. And I say great because this is a man, he's a working actor. Uh-huh. I really like Eric Roberts. I like Eric Roberts too. Anything he, he, he's always chewing up the scene. Oh my god. He's almost the if you Cronenberg an American John Saxon and Donald Pleasance. Not necessarily in looks, but just in bra- bravado. Because now he's got a little bit of that old man chuckle and he chews up the scenery very pleasancy. Yeah. And so like that that makes I sense. I don't want to say he's the American equivalent of, of uh Donald Pleasance, because we got a lot of those around there. However, when it comes to action movies and when it comes like if you need somebody's gruff or stern or that can be military or authoritarianistic, he's your guy. He's your guy. And he's be your it, tanned leather guy. Be it on the Hallmark Channel, mm-hmm. the Lifetime Channel, the Sci-Fi, sci-fi channel. channel. He's a journeyman actor. And I appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. He's almost like the opposite side of a Samuel L. Jackson who continues to work, as we saw last week, but in big budget stuff. But he also works just in low budget stuff mm-hmm. and eric roberts i saw him last year in babylon uh playing margot robbie's dad who actually goes out into the desert for looking to have a rattlesnake fight like and i'm like eric roberts is battling a rattlesnake this is this is next level cinema he probably does that on his day off it probably was just a camera that was following him well and i there were a couple moments in this movie involving uh three fingers of neat scotch that i was like ah supposed to be seeing this there's some giggles in this movie well, and, and there's but, some like oh oh like uh, <laughs> stay away from the hooch eric well and looking even like the lineage of the roberts it is um julie is his sister mm-hmm. and emma is his is his daughter is and she i'll not? say it before and i'll say it again aside from eric emma is the superior roberts <laughs> <laughs> and she's no stranger to genre which right. is the best part exactly i think she's taking her dad's route 
have at this point have they starred in anything together? I don't think so. That's a shame. I know. You, I think they should have like calling all Roberts, and they could have like <laughs> they would have like Eric, uh, Julia, Emma, and then they would have like a uh, Robert Townsend, and then they would have. <laughs> like... well, again, he could involve his partners in crime. Right. I'm all for this, but could you? Would you establish more of a family feud thing so you could have them go up against like the Arquettes or the Baldwins? I would just like to go see them again, solving mysteries and adventures. Maybe That's they good. run afoul of a haunted house because like Scooby Doo esque uh-huh. shenanigans. Mm-hmm. I'm Julie, into that. Julia's trying to like you know, oh, I'm uppy uppy. I can't do that. Emma's full down like it's a fucking mystery. Let's do it. And you know Eric's going to be rocking an ascot. Yeah, he is, and he's wanting to shoot shit up. He's like, all right, let's do this, right? So they're all like kind of in their action, their their movie stereotypes. And I love it. I can just see it in my head and solving mysteries. Then they're all still with us. We can still. We can this can it. still we happen. Can this it. can still happen. We can do and it. And you can see it working as like maybe a a Paramount Plus yeah. series or something. Emma like. gets possessed. Or maybe freaking maybe out. on what did we watch this on Freezy or Freebie? Freebie, which is okay. So that's weird because it said, "Hey, it's streaming on uh, Prime." So I went to Prime and it says, "Okay, it's streaming on Freebie," which is part of the Prime. I'm like, just show it on Prime. Why do I have to go to three more steps? You're making shit complicated. <laughs> But we did get access to well, it. We got it. Commercials and, and all. Listen, which kind of added to the uh, experience because I saw this on the sci-fi. So you saw it appropriate and proper with commercials, with commercials. from 2010. Mm-hmm, because they hyped it up. You know, from Ro- sci-fi and Roger Corman, Sharktopus. And I'm like, I like sharks. I like octopuses. Why not? This sounds right up my alley. I like Roger Corman films. Well, some of them. Some of the ones I should like. Do it. In, he's another divisive filmmaker. Yeah, he is. And yeah, he is. From like his work in the fifties and sixties, into the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. into the aughts, um, a filmmaker that continued to work and t- continued to offer opportunities. A producer extraordinaire. Just him the, and Julie. Exactly. They're, just the amount of talent that came from the Corman factory is sure. just mind-boggling. Like well, only Uncle Lloyd can rival that. And it very much seems like a farm system mm-hmm. for filmmakers. The Gorman farm. Like, listen, you're going to get a minimum budget. Here's certain things you have to include. But Every do what you will. Minutes. Oh, and they even broke it down in the documentary. There's like at least seven commercial breaks, I think, they mm-hmm. mentioned. So you hit those. And it seemed like with every kill, you could almost feel like a commercial break coming. coming. on. But unfortunately, with this service, they were just kind of still random in a yeah. lot of ways. But do you think... Because I'll I won't lie I watch a lot of like you know eighties commercials on YouTube just to feel nostalgic. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's going to be a generation of kids that are going to be looking for like that Kevin Hart um, gambling thing, right? As watching that for a commercial, yearning for that nostalgia, <sighs> like twenty or thirty years from now. I think so, but I think it's going to be weird because like we all had like national broadcast commercials and that's. On certain times, and we all watch the same shit. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a lot of choices, and I think the fact that everybody's watching is different stuff. The algorithms feeding into other people's things. I think everybody's going to have that weird nostalgia, but they're also they can skip ads now, and I think it's become more of an annoyance than when we were growing up and when we were here oh, yelling at clouds, get off our lawn. I know, but when we were growing up, 
the commercials were just part of the package. Sure. Like we knew that the commercials were coming. We knew that oh, we're going to watch a movie on TV. Let's get ready for the commercial. So yeah. we were used to it. Now everybody can skip ads. If we could skip commercials when we got cable, yeah. what was one of the selling points? Like no commercials. Oh shit! All right, cool. Bet we're always looking for the bigger, better deal. Mm-hmm. But yet, is the bigger, better deal worth it? In relation to what we're kind of losing with the overall experience. I'd rather watch the movie without commercials, honestly. Yeah. I mean, like, commercials are great and all, and, like, you know, I do feel like chicken tonight. (laughs) You know, I know all those old jingles and shit that are burned into my brain. But it's even better, though, when you would get regional with your stuff. Uh Uh-huh. Shit, on Media Rewind, you guys were For better living now and better values later. Call Standard. Boom, 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 boom. Improvement Company at Westport 17100. Now, anyone living outside of our little circle. Do you remember, uh, does your home need a little repair? <laughs> ah! Yeah. <laughs> Premature. Ah, <pica. laughs> That's the foundation of my childhood. Right. Is that kind of stuff. Because it was played during the cartoons. And it was always a cartoon that sang it. You're as a kid, you're you instantly were. drawn. That's why they had to get rid of those hams commercials because all the kids are like, "Hey, I want a beer." That bear looks like it's having fun. It was refreshing. It was the beer refreshing. They're from the land of sky blue waters. Sky blue waters. <laughs> the hams bear is gonna get canceled. He did get, he canceled. Did get canceled. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, good lord. Okay, to veer us back into <laughs> the, the waters water. of sci-fi. Into the shark waters. Yeah. This was directed by the late uh, Declan O'Brien, mm-hmm. and he's actually direct. He directed uh, Wrong Turn three through five, three, four, and five. And I think one of those were sci-fi movies too. I, I, I think it was the one that was set in the winter time. Was that that's five? what I actually saw on Sci-Fi back in the day. Yeah, there was some stuff that was set. Uh, he directed Joyride three, which I think was another sci-fi one. So he had very much a line into there, mm-hmm. and this was one of his first films. And quite honestly, you can see a lot of the stuff being established. In fact, there is a moment in this movie that I'm not going to say is over stylized for sci-fi, but that phone conversation, the telephone gag, yes, it was very with the stylized. Multiple screens, not De Palma esque by any means. No, but it was definitely a deterrent of what we what normally we had been saw. Seeing yeah, and what we were experiencing because a lot of ocean and a lot of waving. Well, they that is to say, there's a lot of practicality with the production design in terms of where they shot because there was a lot of on location, and they let you know it. Be it the real stuff they're filming with the dancing, mm-hmm. the actual with resort the group, yeah. It almost looked like a precursor to Fun Island that we got in Meg Two. It, it's almost it made me feel like the Charles Brand feel a field of uh, that's where shooting. like hey we're gonna go on vacation and we're gonna make a movie while we're doing it. It just happens to be set in a castle. Mm-hmm. Here they were shooting definitely on location. Yeah, that's, yeah, and I'm sure if the resort was like hey you know we didn't say to the end of the credits but you know oh, muchos the- gracias para Puerto Vallarta and yeah. like and everything all the resorts and naming everything because. They used a lot of footage. And like that's another thing about sci-fi movies, and especially with Roger Corman, is like, hey, we don't got a lot of budget, so film whatever you can, and we're going to pad it. We'll maximize we it. We are going to do so much establishing shots, it's gonna, but yet it's going to work. And I was like, okay, this kind of works. Those times <laughs> I was like, let's move it along. We know we're in Mexico. <laughs> you have to have a number of shots out there to establish that 89-minute runtime. <laughs> and even at 89 minutes. It was stretching it. 
which we established back in Great White as well. And another thing that leads up to like not expectations of sci-fi movies, but like also I know that the third act's going to be wild. The third act's going to be nuts and like crazy shit's going to happen. But until then, you're going to be like, "Where's Poochie? Uh, why why aren't we seeing Poochie?" And so this was almost kind of sharktopus, but at the same time, we knew it was there, and we saw the, a lot of the carnage. There was carnage throughout, oh, which I appreciated. I truly appreciated the even be it CG blood, mm-hmm. CG sharktopus, what have you. The intent is to get away as, with as much as you can with a PG thirteen rating. And I gotta say, they got away with a lot of good stuff. Now, this was a first time viewing for me. Now, when's the last time you watched this? Was it probably on Sci Fi? Yeah. So the last time I watched. They had a sci-fi marathon, maybe about 2014, 15, around that, where they okay. had like 48 hours of, <laughs> of shitty shark movies, of all the shitty shark movies that they put out, because they had enough to where, do that. Where you learned to really, truly swim oh, out yeah. there. Oh, yeah. So I watched in one of those marathons, so probably about at least eight years Good. since I've seen this movie. Well, and I know you had certain expectations, mm-hmm. and throughout the movie, not only were you asking for Poochie, you were, at, you were looking and asking for a certain theme song, right? Right. So they, when they hyped up, because this came like, oh, Sharktopus from Roger Corman. And I'm like, again, I like sharks. Oh. I like octopuses. What else and you they, got? Yeah. You know, and they had this cool theme, the Sharktopus theme. And when I saw this movie, maybe it's because they were doing that marathon and they're trying to do something special that they had like the Sharktopus theme in it. But this whole time, I was like, this movie opens Where's the theme? Where's the music? Because the music doesn't sound right in this one. Something like, I haven't seen it in eight years, but my spider senses were still tingling. Like, something's not right. Is this like the producer's cut? Or is this like, I don't know. You makes wonder with rights possibly and licensing. Maybe. Streaming by a freebie as we did. That's true. But it's a sci-fi movie. It's their movie. It's a bummer too, because we're going to play a snippet of this theme it's rad. It's a banger. It's a banger. This is the theme song from Shocktopus. There's a creep show creature with a double feature. A free cash piece won't splash you in peace. It's twisted fish. It suffers as a side. You see that frenzy feeding, you will be the next bleeding shark to bust. Come on, indeed. Right? It's a great song. That's a banger. And That's so a banger. I was like, where's the shark to bust song? I can now understand your need for the shark to bust song. Well, as well established back when we talked Jaws, your shark is only as good as the score surrounding it. Right. And rockabilly it, themed and infused, glorious. Especially because they played that they, whenever the kills happened. And oh, so really? like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. And like some of the some of the like uh trailer worthy kills, some of the mm-hmm. like the 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 money shot kills, like the uh zipline kill, <laughs> the, the bungee kill, the decapitation. I was not necessarily shocked, but they did push that PG-13. There was a lot of blood. There was a lot of blood. A lot of CG blood everywhere. And the little bit of inclusion of the practical, which was 
a nice surprise for me. For your, I, shitty, for your PG-13 shitty Sharktopus movie. On the Sci-Fi Channel. I right. didn't necessarily think they would go, but I think maybe that's the Corman connection. Mm-hmm. Like, there has to be yeah. some tangibility he's like, there. I'll make, he's like, I'll, I'll make you a dozen movies for you, but, like, I gotta show some blood. And, and, I'll, I'll be good on the no nudity, but we're yeah, showing some T. We're showing TNA, though. We're sure so we're gonna push the line on that one too. Many there's bikini a lot. clad babes. There's a lot of TNA in this. A lot of, so lot of cheesecake. Many. I thought and we were cake. watching one of those like bikini car wash movies. Right. Sans the nudity. And we're talking 2010 level styles to the point where our lead Andy throughout the film. I'm not saying we were rooting for his demise. Dude, fucking wrong Cena can go. He was the worst part of this movie, and he's our hero. He was he was coming in off his shift from freaking Abercrombie, I swear to God, from being constantly shirtless. It's Streets of Fire. Everything else is fun and goofy, but our main guy is super stiff and wooden. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because even Emily Browning, Sleeping Beauty next to him, was like, I felt pathos for her. You liked her enough that you were like, well, she kind of reminds me of, and then you went into a tailspin trying to figure out who it was. Right. It was Emily Browning of what I came up. She reminded me, and for those of you doing like, who's Emily Browning? She was mm-hmm. the baby doll in Sucker Punch, okay. and she was the main girl in Lemony Snicket, and she was in this fucked up movie called Sleeping Beauty. And so like- You and you- just went into a little bit talking to me about that film. I'm like, ah, yeah. I don't know if I want it's, to it's, experience it's that one. Up. It's yeah. fucked up. That's fair. That is fair. That is fair. The movie starts nicely enough with the whole shark attack switcheroo, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. Not going to lie. And then it gave me a chance to kind of take in all of what our shark to puss is. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it's he- in the heyday of just. The combining things. Of the goofiness, yeah. Let's put everything together. And goofy, I think, is the appropriate tone yeah. for what they're going for, but goofy with gore. Mm-hmm. And, and Eric Roberts. Oh, oh. And, and Escaletto. Oh, that was definitely, I would say, your Rick Dalton moment. Yeah. More than anything, especially given your you and Dustin's love. I, of Nacho Libre. Fucking Nacho Libre is the absolute shit. It, I've gone on record, and I will stand by it, and I'll say it again. Nacho Libre is the best sports film ever made. <laughs> if only for the inclusion of Satan's Cavemen, I would agree with you. <laughs> but since <laughs> they the exist within the movie, yep. They, no, nope. <laughs> oh. Hector, Hector Jimenez, who played Esqueleto in Nacho Libre, was in this movie, ironically, as Bones. Which... I loved it. Loved it. And honestly, he's great. His character, uh, spoiler alert for, you know, a 13-year-old film, you know, his demise, well, pretty much he gets everyone. done dirt. Everybody dies in this got, movie, but he got done real dirty in this one. And being that it was off camera. Off camera dirty. That's the thing. I wouldn't mind if he died. I mean, I would be pissed, but I'd be like, okay. Everyone's dying at Everybody's this point. getting killed. But the fact that we don't see it and he's the voice of reason yes. and probably one of the best yes. things. The only thing about it is. I was always a little bit ruined on it because I was thinking every time he showed up, I was waiting for him to go surprise and give the reporter some corn. And then she's like, get that corn out of my face. I was waiting for it the whole time. And for all of those out there listening, several times through the film, <laughs> genius. Surprise. <would> be... <laughs> and I, I believe in how, how did that creature get here? What it made it? I believe in science. I, I was even happy enough to throw in my own little exactly, joke. Exactly, you're like, how do you, exactly. How do you get down to the coast? It's secret, secret tunnels. tunnels. 
I Bro, felt included in the Nacho Shake. Yeah, exactly. Justin from afar actually was. He's improving. He's like, well done. When he'd normally get the the shining thing with us with. The, the heinous thing. He's like, I've never felt to. this before. This what? isn't what is going on. The exact opposite of Day of the Animals. Hi, <laughs> right? Yes. So that <clears throat> was a nice moment. Now my Rick Dalton moment, and actually, I knew he was part of this going in because I am a big fan of Ralph Garman, uh, who played Captain Jack. Yes, I'm interested in how you heard about this one. Well, and so Ralph Garman, I am familiar with because he does a podcast with Kevin Smith uh, called Hollywood Babylon. Mm-hmm. They have been podcasting since 2007-ish or eight, and I've been listening to them ever since. They were actually part of my Monday rotation back when they were very regular. And it's he was a uh, DJ on a California radio station. Uh-huh. Was uh, Kevin would come in? They do this uh, little Hollywood report, they called it, and they had so much fun hanging together. Kevin's like, "Hey, I I do a bazillion podcasts. You want to do one with me?" Kind of <laughs> like familiar, right? And they're like, "Yeah," and it, they've got their whole format. And Ralph Garman is the man of a, a what do they say? A does a thirteen voices? You know, he's kind of the impressionist, right? Uh, Nick Spacek, I believe, at one time famously said, "You and him should have a voice off." <laughs> <laughs> but I, but when on Hollywood Babylon around two thousand and ten, he's like, "Hey, I'm on this sci-fi film called Sharktopus." You know, I'm Captain. Jack. Damn you, Sharktopus! Right. So I was looking forward to that. So when he shows up as the radio guy, Captain Jack, and has. Kind of more of the meta moments, like literally, he does spells out the film it, and plot, and he goes, "That's fucking stupid," and he goes, "That's ridiculous." And then I'm like, "Well, yeah, but that's why I'm waiting with my friend Genius here, right?" As we recognize that it is the goofiness of the movie, the fact that it's goofy enough to make fun of itself in the middle of the movie, and it should be noted that, again the, the distinction of like the laughing with and laughing at. Mm-hmm. We were definitely laughing with this, yes, because we know the parameters. The barriers of these films. Mm-hmm. And, and we both have now seen a lot worse. Much worse. Much worse. But with the Corman connection, I should have known we were waiting in decent waters. At least, de- Yeah, exactly. At least decent water. At least lukewarm uh, waters. It might be a little sludgy, but at least we know that there's easy escapes. Well, you talked about like the levity in this movie, and there's multiple lines. It's goofy. I wrote down because I, I giggled. It's, Even like from the delivery of them, and some of them I think were maybe might, might have been intentional, and some of them are, I know I know Andy's are probably unintentional. However, I got major beef with that dude. He was terrible. But anyway, <laughs> I mean like less than desirable. Exactly, and I just feel like you know they he put on a goddamn shirt. I mean like because he's walking around, we gotta stop flexing while he's talking. Well, I'm like ah. Oh. Anyway, I'm, I'm not saying that the main quality they were looking at in Andy. Was, was a twelve pack, yeah, right. Beefcake. I mean, and they got what they. It's right. I something for the ladies, something yeah, for the gents. Dude, you know what I'm saying? There's multiple beefcakes. In exactly. This there's a there's a whole but, beefcake squad. All of his beefcake goons, the red shirt scuba diving beefcake squad. They all went in there like, all right, we used to be goons for your father, for your girlfriend's dad, but now we're gonna rip like hot cops and then decide <laughs> to get, and just decide to get in a scuba gear and get dispatched it with like practical puppet. Mouth and tentacles. We were practically howling at that point. Like, <laughs> really? Okay, come on now. Because it's silly. It's like, like okay, it's great. a goon shark hunting beefcake death squad. 
I'm petrified of street tufts, as we know. Yes. Turns out. They have skidoo tufts. Oh, my Lord. The sea-doo tufts. Freaked me out, man. I'm not going to lie. And, and their vest, the, the you know, the life vest, that's the same thing as a cut they're Is wearing of denim. It's, cut? it's got a big anarchy symbol. Because oh. that guy, Nerdlinger, oh. was just minding oh, his own business. Nerdlinger was having a bad day. He was already getting yelled at by his wife for some reason. Like, oh, well, I want to go back in. Okay, honey, hold on. Let me catch this fish. Next thing you know, here comes the ski dude circling for no fucking reason. Terrorizing this poor man. They're like, hey, let's go fuck with them. And so this poor guy, (laughs) and they get dispatched by shark puss. The next thing you know, he's like, I'm out. And he's fishing. He gets dispatched by shark puss. His boat gets destroyed. But his wife survives. She survives. She's the only person, like one of the few people that survived a shark puss attack and never explained why. Maybe he was full. Maybe he's like, man, I already fucked this dude's up enough. You know, she's free now. I've done my good deed. And we've established throughout this year's Shark Timber. Mm-hmm. Conniving sharks. Smart sharks. Habitual line-stepping sharks. 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 Oh, those are completely Those are the worst. And they, this, this is a climbing land ink squirting smart shark. Speaking of sharks, his, his whole thing on land was cute it was it was fun it was really it was cute fun. it was cute i was shocked by i was i like, was rooting oh, for the shark to puss i was rooting for the shark to puss <laughs> throughout this film and that is to say come up it's across the board yeah and when they introduce a set piece or i should say when they introduce something like a zip line rest assured it better be used and, and it someone's was. gonna get devoured on the zip line and they do we get the bungee cord, the bungee jumping. Let's as go you bungee jumping. If you're saying let's go bungee jumping again, you're not gonna be there. You know, if, no, I am my bungee. Maybe, no, okay. no, I no, I would skydive, but I wouldn't bungee jump. There we go. I would trust a parachute before I trust elastic. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> anywho, so um, no, if you're if we're saying hey, we're gonna go bungee jumping in a shark movie, the shark better fucking jump up and eat the mon- and the, the person skydiving, and we got that. There's multiple moments, I think, where we felt we almost did like a, a polite golf clap. Exactly. Like, in well a way. done. Well done. Like when they bifurcated. No, he drawn and quartered the reporter yep. on screen. I was like, oh, nice. <laughs> when we get the when we get the brief squirts of violence and blood, it's pretty, it's, it's good. Like the decapitation. There's even and, moments where the blood is on the camera lens. Yeah, even though it's technically CGI, CGI blood. Like the first kill it's, when he gets the the tentacle through the, under oh, the yeah, neck the, and through the head and then dragged and then ripped apart. And I was like, you're mean. Sharktopus is mean. Sharktopus don't give a fuck. Sharktopus, you know what? Sharktopus isn't bad. He's just been genetically engineered that way, as it turns out. (laughs) And this is our second week of going into science versus sharks in a way. Mutant sharks. Man is the ultimate monster in this case. Mm -hmm. And again, when you have Eric Roberts playing your Dr. Dr. Frankenstein, Frankenstein. and he gets his comeuppance a la Dr. Frankenstein. Not eaten. Not eaten. Mm-mm. He left, left for dead. He's like, no, I, no, you probably taste bad. He, he doesn't like uh, his uh, meat so- soaked in scotch. Yeah, exactly, because Eric was knocking him back in the he movie. Was, yeah, he was. Bring me another one. Three his, dates. Yep. His insistence on calling her pumpkin 
actually that was cute. added the human it element. It did, it did. And I'm like, and I'm like, he may be a despicable monster that played God with nature's creatures. Well, how many, at least he's a devoting father. How many times do you think he would do that to like Emma Roberts? Like, hey pumpkin, what you reading? Is that Scream Four? You sure you uh, want to do that? You know, let me tell you about a you know, I did a sequel a few times. I did a monster movie once, twice, three That's times. Popo Greenwich Village, you know. <laughs> Dad, I'm gonna do it. Good for you, pumpkin. Good for you. Keep following that journey. I'd like to think he's very supportive I on screen and off. Julia's like, Ugh, you're going to do a horror movie. You'll never become anything with horror. You need to do dramas. Uh, you know what? I'd like to think in some alternate universe, there's a version of Mystic Pizza that's about some coastal pizza killer that uses like a giant pizza slicer, mm-hmm. bakes people in the oven. I want to see Julia Roberts, the main villain of Flatliners, and make it more gory. Oh, that's right. Techni- and was that Schumacher that did that? Yeah. Okay. So she's only been in like... And, she's adjacent. And I wouldn't call sleeping... Well, I would maybe would call sleeping, sleeping with, with the, the anime horror. Okay. Because it's stalkery. She did wait in the genre waters. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's in the Roberts blood. It is. You have it to. Is. You it have is. to. But every time he showed up, be it... With scotch in hand, be it in a not so De Palma esque stylized phone conversation. On a boat in an office. And he also is kind of guilty of wearing his shirt low cut. He did. And, and I guess it's the, the, the region, that's what you do. But But I, he wasn't beefcaking it up, and I respect that. I can't respect beefcaking it. Not at his age. He's 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 more on the on the silver fox side mm-hmm. than anything. Biscuit. And this is again only thirteen years ago. Yeah. Thinking about that, he's just like in, in last year. He's in a big budget Hollywood film in a fairly large role. Oh, I'm sure we'll see him in a movie out this year. I'm sure. And I mean, he's in everything. Like said, he's he's a working actor, and good for him because I like him. Well, I like and his that is to say, you'll find him in he's everything. He's in Expendables Four, I believe. Is he? Yeah. Like, yeah. No, his. I've got actually an Arrow. I think it's an Arrow Blu-ray of Runaway Train mm-hmm. with him and John Voight. Still haven't watched it yet. It'll be a first-timer, and I've been kind of putting it off, but I think this is kind of the perfect time now that I've watched an Eric. Now that I've seen him in, you know, Sharktopus, <laughs> I think I owe it to him to see him. Act- and, you know, actually, Runaway Train is a canon film. Really? Yes. It was one of those when they were really leaning into a, a little bit of respectability. We want to be classy. We throw a lot of money at, at, at genre movies. We want to make art. We want to win awards. Rather than three ninja films, they actually made a fairly Oscar-worthy film. There we go. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, <laughs> he had a good Mendoza moment when, like, his partner got eaten, and he's like, Sharktopus! Pop, 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 That's the that that was actually that's the only kudos we will give. I was like, Bravo, Andy. To to to, to Ron Cena. To Ron's wrong Cena. But there was one point I really tried to refrain myself from going Andy all the time. But there you was only did it about. Three times? Because one really lended herself to it. Because she does a long. And she went, Andy, Andy. Right? So. And at a certain point, Mark Rall. Is it Rallstoy? Uh huh. When there's like, hey. Hey, it's Enrico Enrico Palazzo. Palazzo. (laughs) Of course it wasn't Enrico Palazzo. (laughs) But God help us. And the timbre of a hey, it's going to be followed by usually one of us. Enrico Palazzo. It's just. This movie. The reason. Oh, I'm sorry, Biscuit. The reason why these movies work, and I think they worked well on sci-fi, especially at the day and time, because mm-hmm. there was a long stretch there that they were like, let's put out as much shark movies as we can, as much animals gone to muck, well, as many movies, and they still do, God bless them. But Well, well we're at the height of shark fever with shark weeks. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think this came at the right time because 
this was still in the heyday where like cable was still pressing it, but everybody was still kind of getting together mm-hmm. before the world ended, getting drunk, watching, having the shark party movies. That's true. Because this is a party movie. This is a movie you watch with your buddies. This for me would not have worked as well at as home. a solo viewer. Right. Because you'd be like, man, uh, because I remember the first time I watched this, this was in my hard drinking days. So, of course, I was a little bit like, yeah, this movie's fucking great. Right. But at the same time, and you, when you're in that state, you can watch that alone, sure. you know, but like it's always better with somebody else, especially this kind of shitty shark movie, you know, because I can watch Meg 2 by myself. Yeah, but no, this, and the, this is why it is safe to swim with the buddy system, mm-hmm. especially for me, because I know even the film we put off this year that'll probably go into next year. Yeah, that's definitely going. That's number one next year. Is that number it's, one? It's. It's really good. The first one is proper funny, and then it goes really off the rails. I think it's easy like to Sharknado see. Be, or Sharktopus because that's a franchise. There's two more movies. There's Sharktopus versus Terracuda. Terracuda, right? And then there's Sharktopus versus Whalewolf. 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 Listen about we, a werewolf whale. God, love it. I, I would have to, and I've been researching a little bit more when it comes to my my shitty Shark Timber and shitty Shark movies. Have you watched those? Can uh, you vet any of those? I can vet Terracuda. Okay. Ugh. Yeah, um, that's fair. It's, that's fair. It's, it's it's all right. Probably I haven't. Be on the I, haven't I haven't vet, vetted uh, Werewolf, but I've I, heard interesting things about it. That's and that's fair, and that's expected. Given mm-hmm. the titles, it's in the title. You, as you, as you like to say, what are you? Expecting? What are you expecting? Yeah. Exactly. And again, I'm glad you're going in with this with expectations I'm, of sci-fi and yes. expectations of PG and Corman because, like, if you're like this movie is subcaliber, low quality. Again, and I'm not saying you in general, but sure. you as the public, People like, in general. what are you expecting? Well, sci-fi, PG-13, network TV, fucking Roger Corman. You know, well, of course, the idea is for those that aren't necessarily going to go out and see Deep Blue Sea in the theater, they can stay home, right. and watch a shark octopus, mm-hmm. which is technically swimming in the same waters. Absolutely, just one has a lot more money than the other. <laughs> yes, it does. Yes, it does. Um, Eric Roberts' delivery of "What is your life?" as compared to science. science. And we both we were like science that, spice. That is <laughs> that is just in that atmosphere, and that's <coughs> that is what Eric Roberts will give you. Yes, when he will lean into it just a little bit more uh-huh. and remind you, hey, I'm Eric Roberts. I can do that when I want to. Science, science, and that preceded right before his death, of which the throat is slit. Sharktopus didn't give a fuck. He's like, all right, you're no. just. You're not worthy of the. You're no chum of mine. Kind of. Kind of. Are you on the fence on that? Like we're, we're nearing on that one. That's uh, glad this is the last uh, dip into Shark Timber's waters. <laughs> no, that was Bravo, good sir. It, given what we just swam through, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. I, I had fun with this. There's the literal, and I don't know if this was again more meta commentary. Our sea captain, not not I should say um, Ralph Garman, but uh, the guy that was leading them out with the reporter. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Pez. That was horrible. Yeah, that was because that's all the soul deck. That was horrible. Just his line delivery, it the was, timbre. He almost was looking at the crowd, saying, or looking at the audience, saying, 
Did you see what we saw? That was horrible. We're going to do better as a movie. And you know what? It almost seemed like after that, it did get better as a movie. Like it's just escalating and escalating and escalating and getting more violent and more gory. And and the practical effects, the first Shardis Octopus was wonky. But especially when it had the little color on, it looked like kind of cartoony. But when it got out on the land and as the movie went on, it got better. It's almost like Corman's like, hey. Here's more buzz. Here's yep. more money. Yep. Hey, here's more buzz. Here's more. Mo- we only got one month left of shooting, and we're already in pre-production. Here's more money. Yep. We got sci-fi. Fix it. You know. So, I think like again, it's meta enough to know its own strengths, its sure. no weaknesses, and what kind of movie it's trying to be, and the pedigree it's coming from. And all you need to be is entertaining. Exactly. When we wade into these sci-fi waters. And again, I think that's the intent. It wants just to make it. And I, Roger Corman said it first. I just want to make an entertaining movie. And yep. I'm I'm glad you're entertained. Because oh, yeah. at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. I'd like to think at this point I'm two for two mm-hmm. uh, on, on the shitty shark films that we've been introducing here on the main feed. Right. Yeah, between this and Ghost Shark, these have been fun. Well, entertaining. We, I was never bored. We I, both won't go into uncharted waters until way later. So we're still young, right? There's so many. In fact, a right. lot of the stuff on the I've seen that feed. I'm making recommendations for next year because there's certain movies I need to watch with you. Well, and I see know your reaction. I know I want to watch that Oliver Onions Franco Nero movie. Bring Enzo Castellari back again. again. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's Enzo Castellari. This ain't the first, nor it won't be the last. last. No. So. We've got a number of genres that we can explore yep. with him. Uh, but no, this has been a lot of fun. Final thoughts um, before we head out of Shark Timber. The chaos at the resort was great. Oh. A lot of chaos. And like again, I want to see chaos. Uh, I got the chaos. It wasn't Stephen King approved. We, but I was hoping for a too. second. And maybe because it's PG-13. It could have occurred off camera. Yeah, like we'd see like a bloody shoe or the the, the boat fly by, God drive by or something. And Andy in one of the just lamest, lamest rescues. That kid was under the bridge, but like two feet away. He could have just got a here. Come on, okay, it's okay, kid. Just, and the kid's like, no, there's eggs and crabs and <laughs> denim down here. Apparently, there was a troll. There was somewhere around there. He's getting the boys hole. And so, <laughs> wow, that went from PG thirteen to. We're on a list now somewhere. The boy's soul. soul. Get the gum out of your mouth. <laughs> but that was a lame rescue. I'm like, come and, on, Andy. Well, come it, on, Andy. It kind of only cemented. That Andy sucks. And, But in the grand tradition of what we have seen kind of all month here, we do get an explosion. Uh-huh. The besting of I felt I felt bad for Sharktopus. I wanted did. him to win. I wanted him to go on and well, eat rest of Acapulco, Mexico. Part of Ireland, Mexico. I wanted him to at least eat Andy. Yes. Because as Deep Lucy proved, your main protagonist, the final girl, is not safe. You can't off them. Right. Damn it, Andy. Andy should have got eaten. Andy, got Andy eaten. should have exploded from the inside out. That yeah. would have been that would have burned you. Somehow Andy. or another, Sharktopus takes the trank. Puts it on him or takes the chip somehow, puts it on Andy. So when she hits enter, mm-hmm. Sharktopus just looks. and Oh, yeah. Like he's like, you're coming with me. Like he uses his tentacles to put him like, ah, boom. Any 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 way Andy could have gotten hit. Andy had to go. Andy had to go. Damn it. We had enough beef cake. I'm full. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the perfect way to end this uh, year's Shark Timber. Now, that being said, 
Uh, we are going to be closing out September with our annual Shocktober preview. Mm-hmm. Of which we will go into it proper. Uh, all the Friday Night Frights, uh, Nerdoween, Carpenter Fest, and all the individual screenings that I know I'm at least looking forward to. I'm looking forward to a lot of them. I'm lo- I know I'm looking forward to the first Friday Night Fright of Shocktober. That one is one to say is near and dear to both of our hearts. Oh, is I'm an understatement. Excited. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that excitement. So until that time, this is Greg D. And I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Sharktopus. <laughs> Damn you, Sharktopus! Sharktopus!